Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Let's ride. For the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fansided. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 57-30 and 30 as we are recording in the middle of the rubber game between the Dodgers and Cardinals, where the Dodgers currently have a lead, and we will provide you an update as the game moves along and we'll have a final. With that being said, I can't wait to dive into Wednesday's game right now where the Dodgers had an epic come-from-behind victory to defeat the Cardinals and take the second game of the series. Dodgers down 6 to nothing with their ace, quote-unquote Tony Gonsolin on the mound. He was shelled. He gave up five runs a season high. He saw his season ERA balloon to a minuscule 2.02, but nevertheless, the Cardinals... Going into the seventh inning, had a 99.1% chance to hold on and win this game. And the Cardinals' bullpen had one of the biggest collapses I've seen in a long time. And this was probably the Dodgers' best comeback win of the season. Down 6 nothing. Will Smith hit a two-run home run in the seventh inning. And in the eighth inning, Genesis Cabrera, who I remember Chris Taylor had an epic 14-pitch at bat against last season, he kind of got the Dodgers back into this. Eventually Mookie Betts doubled in Bellinger and Muncie to make it a six to four game. And then Trey Turner got an RBI base hit. This was all with two outs. And then Craig Kimbrell coming through in the eighth inning, he tossed a scoreless eighth setting the tables for the Dodgers in the ninth inning. Eventually the Dodgers would load the bases and Max Muncie gets a sack fly. Hanser Alberto playing hero in his legacy game. Drove in the game-winning run. Made me look like a fool on Twitter. I hated the move. Me too. Me too, Kevin. And one of the reasons being is that Gavin Lux has been one of the hottest Dodgers on the team. Had a 943 OPS over his last 15. But this was Alberto's moment. Finally, we got to see the closer, Evan Phillips, come through in an opportunity. Got the job done. Jake Reiner. You were very stoked on this one, I'm sure. So what are your thoughts on this Dodgers, just the comeback kids? Yeah, very, very improbable. Um, and it, it just shows that we've talked about this a lot, where it's like you, you want to see this fight in the team, at least during the regular season, because you know come postseason time, there's going to be a lot of these moments where maybe the team looks like they're dead in the water or they need to mount a serious comeback. And, and we know that the offense can – can basically go to sleep for six innings and then all of a sudden wake up in the seventh, eighth, and ninth and beat you at any moment. So I think that that is a huge um, thing to have in the Dodgers' proverbial back pocket when they need to. Now, the other side of that is 
it'd be nice if they got a lead and kept it for once. It feels like they are always coming from behind and they're always having to come back. Um, and tonight, tonight's game, uh, while we're recording, um, they got the lead for like the, the, the lead first for the first time in like a week or something like that. So it, it's, it, it was a little, it's a, it was a little frustrating through the majority of that game. Obviously Tony Gonsolin, his first blow up start of the year. Um, you're kind of guaranteed one or two of those when you're having a great season. Some guys don't have any, um, but that was to be expected. Um, but again, I mean, the, the team just shows so much fight and very much 2017 vibes in the way that it didn't matter what night it was. And he also 2019 too, regular season I'm talking about, where it doesn't matter what night some guy's going to come through that you didn't expect to. And Hanser Alberto was that guy has had a horrendous season off the bench for us, but came through in that specific situation. And then Austin Barnes, I thought he was going to ruin our night when he tripped over third base and he stumbled back and he was laughing about it. I'm like, wipe that damn smile off your face. We almost lost that game. But as Bellinger pointed out in the post game, it sort of actually helped the Dodgers in a weird way because Bellinger would not have gotten to second in that situation and then uh, Max Muncy hits the fly ball. Bellinger moves up to third. And then Hanser gets the base hit. So, um, yeah, good job, Barnes. I feel like in the last week and a little change, the Dodgers have fallen behind first in maybe all but counting, to now, counting tonight's game now, two of those games. And they've been managing to come back in just about all of them. The first game of this Cardinals series, another – Big deficit for the Dodgers. Mitch White had a blow-up start, gave up six runs. We saw Uncle Teal, or Albert Pujols, Uncle, Uncle Teo, Teo. Uh, Teo Albert. <laughs> big boy competing in the home run derby. He had a home run, legacy home run right there. But man, point being, Dodgers fell behind. It was a six-to-one deficit. They were able to actually cut it to six-to-five. But unfortunately, the Dodgers in the seventh inning, they had the bases loaded, nobody out, and then were retired in order. Max Muncy couldn't come through. Pinch hit opportunity. Ball was too shallow. Trace Thompson, I believe, struck out. And then they brought in David Price, gave up a run, which ended up unironically being the difference because Freddie Freeman would connect for a home run in the ninth inning, but the Dodgers would go on to fall to the Cardinals 7-6. to six. Let's get David Rosenthal in on the show. So what are your thoughts on the way things have just been going? Well, I think I can finally say that the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear to me that that's the case. Now that you're getting contributions from the middle of the order, Justin Turner has been huge for this Dodgers team. No, he's not blowing. He's not lighting the world on fire, but he's contributing in big spots and he's not an automatic out anymore. And that's what the Dodgers were missing uh, for the first couple months of the season. Uh, we talked about it last week, but it's it's even further truer this week. And Freddie Freeman is on an absolute tear. Uh, he is, what is it, 16 for his last 13 or something like that for his last 16 or something with a 2,500 OPS and 13 for 14, 929 average, something ridiculous like that. So he's he's on fire. The pitching staff was due, honestly, for a string of poor starts. You had Arias only go, I think, two innings, uh, Mitch White, and then Gonsolin. To be expected, you're coming up on the all-star break, so I think it was it was time for 
some of these guys to have a start like that. Now they're going to have a week to, to get right and get healthy and, and save their arm. But basically, like what I said, I, I legitimately think this team is the best team in baseball. I don't care what the Yankees are doing. They're only about four or five games behind the Yankees. The Yankees pitching staff is falling apart. The Padres are falling apart. The Giants have long fallen apart. And the only real competition in the NL at this point is, is the Braves and, and maybe the Mets. The Braves and the Mets are, are basically what you got to worry about in the NL. Dodgers currently up nine games now over the Padres in the NL West have a chance to add a half game, depending on the outcome of this current Cardinals game. And yeah, I agree. It's literally a three team race, Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Mets still scare me more if they were to face off in a shortened series, just because they are expected to get DeGrom and Scherzer back. So when you have those two at the front of your rotation, that's no joke, but up until yesterday, I think the comeback of the season was actually in that Sunday finale against the Cubs. The Dodgers fell behind early yeah. right away. Urias, it was like a double comeback. Urias gave up five runs in the first. PJ Higgins hit a grand slam. Who? Oh, yeah. Also, who is that? <laughs> yeah, like their third string catcher, I believe. The Dodgers were able to cut it to a 5 3 deficit, but then the Cubs were able to move back ahead 8 to 3 when Phil Bickford gave up some runs. And then by the bottom of the third inning, the Dodgers took a nine to eight lead in the bottom of the third, nine to eight. Absolute insanity. It was like a course field game in Los Angeles. I counted that how long it took. The first three innings was a two hours. Wow. I think and it so, was like a four hour game in total. It, it was four hours. Yes. Freddie Freeman, moral of the story. That was his four hit game. He's just been on fire. Like David just mentioned in the month of July, he's hitting over 400. He's on pace for a Dodgers franchise record, 55 doubles. If he's able to keep it up, that's what Tim Neverett just said on the on today's broadcast. I caught that. So that would be just remarkable. Freddie Freeman, after kind of a slow start, the power is now there. He has an OPS over 900. He's hitting the ball deep, some home runs, some almost home runs. But the Dodgers, they own the Cubs this season. They went 7-0, sweeping the four-game series in Los Angeles. And what more can you say? This Dodgers team is just clicking and firing on all cylinders. Yeah, the thing that was most impressive about yesterday to me was how they did all of that in the, I believe, eighth inning with uh, two outs. Uh, they were down four runs with four outs left in the game and nobody on base, I believe. And they rallied for three in the eighth. And then we saw what happened in the ninth with uh, Muncie sack fly. And then Hans Alberto uh, basically saving his season with, with one at bat. So that's, <laughs> that's not something that I saw honestly from the team last year. Uh, last year, I didn't feel like they were truly capable of coming back from deficits. Uh, I'm not saying they didn't do it, but it didn't feel like they were in a position to do it all the time. It didn't feel, I, it didn't feel like one of those special teams. Right. And it, it's, it felt like you're, you know, if they get down four zero early, then it's, it's ball game. And yesterday I said in our, our chat, uh, when they got down, uh, I, I forget exactly what I said, comeback or, or something like that. But I, I, the point is, I believe that this team can come back when they get, even large deficits this year. And I, I couldn't say the same for last year's team, even though they won a record 106 wins. Uh, I think this team has more, whatever you want to call it, grit or magic to it. 
Yeah, it also helps that they have a healthy Mookie Betts finally. And Freddie well, Fritz. I mean, I think it, I, yeah, I think it's like what you were saying. It's Mookie Betts, it's Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. I mean, those guys at the top of your order, we didn't have that all of last season, obviously, because we didn't have Freddie Freeman, but also we didn't have Trey Turner till the middle of the season. So now that you've got the th- those three guys at the top of your order, they're, they've led the way the whole season. Um, they've had a few, a, a couple of different valleys you know, a couple of different slumps here and there, but very short, minimal. But by and large, they've been carrying this team, not to mention the Dodgers have figured out how to use Gavin Lux, not defensively, offensively. Batting him ninth has been an unbelievable strategy by them. And I love the fact that they're keeping him there. They're not moving him up because they know the value of turning that lineup over. And once you turn it over, you got Mookie, Trey, and Freddie at the top of the order. And yep. we, we just didn't have that kind of dynamic offense that we do this year. No, I mean, you hit him ninth, and he's basically your leadoff hitter once you get to the bottom of the lineup. That's, that's what it is. He is your new leadoff hitter before you get to Mookie Betts. We actually did have a couple questions from listeners on Hanser Alberto from Dodge16 underscore 12 and Steve Cook 720. Did Hanser save his job? I think what they're asking is, will he be a Dodger the rest of the season? I I think so. I mean, I think he was going to be in some capacity. I think they probably are still possibly considering a, you know, phantom IL uh, stint for him if they want to go out and get a bat. Uh, I think they recognize his value in the clubhouse. It's pretty obvious if you watch the games that he is an animated member of the, the, the mob squad, the bench squad, whatever you want to call him. So I think he has a place on the team. I don't know if it's on the active roster, but that definitely helped last night. No reason to get rid of him now, as long as uh, Zach McKinstry, unfortunately, is the dead weight roster spot. And I'm sure they'll send him down when Chris Taylor gets healthy. I still think they are going to get a bat at the deadline. We'll talk about what that could be in a little bit. Back to the questions from Rolo H88 and Cam Maui85 on Twitter. Should or is Evan Phillips the closer now? I, I, I caution to say yes, because I feel like what, what they're doing right now, or what at least what they did last night in and of itself, is they used the matchups. They played the matchup game, and they did sort of a bullpen by committee. That was evident by having Kimbrell go in the eighth and then Phillips in the ninth. But damn, Phillips looked good in the ninth inning. He, he just it, That's what you want in a closer, just coming in, up, you know, you're up by a run, you shut the damn door closed and you don't let anybody on base. You don't screw around and have all these three ball counts and maybe walk at you guys or hit a batter or throw a wild pitch. None of that shit happened last night. He was efficient. He was professional and he got the damn job done. So that was very encouraging. I think that they're going to continue to kind of mix and match. So I said about three or four weeks ago, and this was before Daniel Hudson got injured. I said when, when Craig Kimbrell was struggling and we were talking about that about a month ago, I said the one guy in the Dodgers bullpen I, w- I would want to close games is Evan Phillips. That was before Daniel Hudson went down. Now, now Daniel Hudson is gone, uh, and Evan Phillips is the logical option uh, with Trinan still out. So, yes, I think he is more than capable of being the closer, which he showed last night. But, no, I don't think he's, he's going to be like the – 
selected closer that Dave Roberts goes. He's not going to be like the Kenley Jansen where it's, it's, you know, here he's our closer. No, I think it's going to be more of what Jake said. I think Kimbrell is still going to be the guy in the ninth. Uh, I think the only way that gets changed is if Kimbrell really, really starts to shit the bed and then factor in Blake Trinan's return as well. And then you're going to have multiple options for the ninth inning. But right now I still think it's Craig Kimbrell's job. I mean, he's, he has a 198 fit. I mean, his expected ERA is three. His actual ERA is 450. We talked about his BABIP last week. It's since gone down to 397, which is still astronomically high. Uh, but he's he's been okay, man. I mean, Craig Kimbrell has shown he can get the job done. So it's still his job. I think when push comes to shove and the games are at their highest of importance and magnitude, it's not going to be Craig Kimbrell closing out the games. It's going to be guys like Evan Phillips. When you have a 154 ERA, an 080 whip, 40 strikeouts through 35 innings. Those are closer numbers. And that shows you he is truly the better reliever. You can have Kimbrell close these regular season games against the Diamondbacks and the Cubs. I don't care. But when we get to the postseason and probably down the stretch in September, I do expect to see less of Kimbrell in the ninth and more of guys like Phillips and maybe someone else that they acquire past the deadline. So you think they're going to go to Phillips over Trinan in the ninth, assuming Trinan is healthy and back to being Trinan in the, in the postseason, I'm saying. First, I got to see what Trinan looks like. I'm I'm just assume he's normal. Assume he's normal. You still think they're going to go with Phillips. If it's the toughest part of the lineup in the seventh or the eighth, you go Trinan. Then you try to build that bridge. And then you hope that Evan Phillips is set up for the weaker part of the lineup. All right. I mean, I, 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 could see it going that way. I just, I think if Trinan is healthy and it's, it's clear Kimbrell is not the guy. I think they're just going to go with Trinan in the ninth. I really do. As long as Phillips is performing the way he is, he just becomes the new Trinan. I think in the postseason, if, if Kimbrell continues to trend downward, let's say you got to go with Trinan in the postseason. There's just no, there's no way you can go with anybody else until you see, you see that out of Phillips, and we have seen it out of him in flashes, but you know, Trinan, I mean, in 2020 and 21, it's just the best reliever in the majors. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's a no-brainer. It's got to be Trinan in the playoffs if, he, and, if he's healthy. And close. 2018, yes, to close. 2018, he was the best reliever Disagree. in baseball, too, for the Oakland A's. Uh, or it was it was either 2017 or 2018 when he led the league in saves and was the think it was 18 of the year. Yeah, I disagree. Trinan is going to be the guy that they use to continuously put out fires. There's going to be a game in the postseason. It's almost a guarantee where the opposing team's going to have runners in scoring position, probably less than two outs. Let's say it's the fifth or sixth inning. You going to go to someone else or are you bringing in Trinan? In the fifth inning, I'm going to someone else. You're going with someone else? Yeah, so in, in the fifth inning. If you're talking about in the seventh inning, then I'm going to try him. But in the fifth inning, I'm not bringing yeah. in Trinan. In the fifth inning, I want Andre Iguodala. Like, <laughs> I want, <laughs> I want you know, Vessia. Well, uh, well, think of, was it, game, was it game seven? They brought in Trinan pretty early on. It was against uh, Atlanta, I think. Exactly. And that could be the difference. I, or maybe it wasn't game seven. Well, that's, that's because you had Julio going, you know, the rest of the way. Right. Okay. But this is still my point. Do you play the game where you want to? They knew, but no, but they knew that they had Julio at the back end. So that was the game plan. But if you don't have that situation, then you save Shrinen for the later innings, especially 
with but, how well this team can come back in, you know, in games. But that's, yeah. that's the, the dilemma. Do you risk someone else blowing it and extending the deficit? Or do you want your guy in there right now knowing he can shut down? The I door would rather, hold- I would rather blow the deficit in the fifth than in the eighth yeah, or the ninth. I don't know. Give me a chance to give me a chance to come back at least. Yep. Yep. I, I don't I don't agree because we just saw too many games in the past where it was the seventh inning and that was the game right there. Well, in the seventh inning, that's different than the fifth. Yeah. Because if you're talking postseason and you're talking a game seven, the postseason, Trinan can go more than one inning. You know, he's not going, he's not throwing 15 well, pitches and being well, that's my you point. Got him, you got him bring him 30 the, pitches. That's my point. You bring him in the fifth and then you hope he goes the sixth. Now you got seventh, eighth, and ninth. Ah, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, bang, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I mean, it looks, I don't know if we're going to talk about Bruce Dark Gratterall, but you know, we're going to talk about our, Bruce Dark Gratterall right now because the bullpen is just, is just hurting. Dodgers added Jake Reed to the 40 man roster. He's rocking 1137 ERA this season, Woo! over six innings. Hyped was a Dodger. Up. Last season, <laughs> gave us a 338 ERA over five and a third innings before he was DFA'd. Bruce Dark Gratterall has been placed on the IL due to some right shoulder inflammation. And that's unfortunate because this is basically the guy that Dave Roberts has been essentially overworking. He's thrown 40 in a third innings this season. He's pitched multiple games where he's gone two innings. And then there's been some spots this season where he's been thrown three days in a row, which I don't understand why we're overworking Bruce Targaryen, given that he has a track record with some injury problems, especially that elbow, which was one of the reasons the Red Sox wanted to boycott that initial trade. And those 40 innings are already seven innings more than his career high, and we're only at the first half. I mean, the the amount of work they're putting him under is up there with exactly Clay Holmes, who's been arguably the best reliever in baseball. And he's thrown over 10 innings more than Josh Hader this season. It's just too much. It's way too much. And also he was not that, I mean, he was, it looked like he actually had turned a corner recently, but for the most part, he, he had been pretty shaky um, and very ineffective on some nights. So it was questionable why they were bringing him in, in spots that they brought him in, but so frequently too. Um, That's, that's you know that's going to hurt. I mean that just puts the emphasis trade deadline wise more on the bullpen than, than it's ever has been because you've got Bruce Dargrader all out. You got Caleb Ferguson who is iffy injury wise. You don't know what you're going to get with Blake Trinan. Vessi has been a little wobbly too. Um, Yancy Almonte has been great, so don't even worry about him or Phillips. They've been terrific, but that's pretty much it. You know, you got to bolster that bullpen. You got to have a a couple more arms in there uh, for the stretch. So I'm, I think there's two options here. I think he actually could be injured. Uh, He's had shoulder uh, issues in the past. Uh, That was the Red Sox were worried about the, the Tommy John, but he also, at the time that trade went down the Mookie Betts trade, he was dealing with a shoulder impingement in that right, uh, right arm. So, Yes, this could be a thing. Second option is that the Dodgers are just kind of shutting him down to give him an extended break here. Uh, We have one more game with the Cardinals and two against the Angels. Uh, It's totally possible that they just put him on the IL kind of just as a rest period. That is an optimistic view, but it's also something the Dodgers absolutely would do uh, with the situation and this schedule coming up. 
So I, I, the jury's still out there. We're going to have to hear from Dave Roberts and he'll probably lie to us. So I guess we'll just find out uh, when we find out, but uh, I, I don't know the way he's been pitching. I think he's going to be fine. Just never know shoulder injuries. Seems to be the year Blake Trinan, Andrew Heaney, and now. <laughs> Rustar's mechanics looked like he would have a bunch of shoulder injuries. I mean, it just, it just looks like he's all arm the whole time. It's definitely going to be interesting how the Dodgers overcome the amount of injuries they've had to the bullpen, but at least they got Caleb Ferguson back. He looks good, man. He looks really good since he's been back. Yet to give up a hit this season. So if he goes the nine innings without giving up a hit, do we get to celebrate a no hitter? Uh, no. <laughs> I bet the Arizona. It's even, la- it's even lamer. It. <laughs> it's even lamer than a combined no hitter. Team like <laughs> team like the D backs would celebrate it guarantee well i they don't have much to celebrate these days so i i don't i wouldn't blame them the all-stars were announced and some good news and some bad news the good news is that mookie betts and trey turner were voted in as starters clayton kershaw and tony gonsolin were selected one kershaw was selected by mlb and the players put in gonsolin now the debate is going to be there every day. Should Clayton Kershaw start the all-star game? Uh, I didn't actually think he was going to get in, but after they let in Pujols and Cabrera, I guess yeah. it's all about legacy now. But so. I also have a problem with that. Okay. Pujols and Cabrera, specifically Pujols, like they are on their literal last leg in their career. Cabrera, maybe one or two more years. Clayton Kershaw, when he's healthy, is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Okay, Albert Pujols is hitting like 200 with like three home runs and is like the slowest person on the planet. You, you hit a ground ball and it's an automatic double play. Clayton Kershaw just shoved it up who's ever asked the other day for like seven innings and like 10 strikeouts, okay? I have a problem putting that in the same category. Clayton Kershaw is like 33 years old. If he's healthy, he's got at least three to four more years left in his career. So let's not – I don't want to hear all these media outlets of, of non-LA – uh, media markets being like, oh, he just got in because it's blah, blah, blah. No, shut up. He's still one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. I mean, since he's on the team. Hell yeah, fire me up. Yeah. Since he's on the team, there's absolutely no reason not to make him the starter at this point. So it's going to happen. On the flip side, I don't know why the American League wants Shohei Otani to be the starter. I don't think he's earned it, but. I feel like the LA, LA thing they want. Yeah, it'd be great. Kershaw versus Otani. It'd be huge. Rather see Otani bat against Kershaw. I don't really care about the pitching since he's going to go like one inning anyways. Yeah, but it's all, but it, but the billboards, I mean, it sells themselves. You got yeah. Otani and Kershaw. It'd be good oh, for the, it'd be good for the sport to start Otani. Oh, 100%. <clears throat> no one's going to care. Let's be honest. All right. Who you want, now, who you want starting now? Honestly, I think it'd be cooler if Verlander started. Uh, I guess. Oh, then, then, we have to deal with, then we have to deal with Ben Verlander all covering it. Yeah, but then yeah, but the thing is, is you're gonna if Verlander takes the ball, he's gonna get booed like no one's business. That's I heard, good. I heard he didn't even want to pitch in the game. Well, if he's not pitching, then that throws my thing out the window. But yeah, assuming, I heard some report that he didn't he didn't want to pitch. But it would have been more epic if it was Verlander versus Kershaw. Then you can have the whole 2017 <clears throat> World Series narrative back out there and. At the end of the day, we just bought we Otani. Beat, we beat Verlander, didn't we? Yes, in game six. Corey, uh, yeah. yeah. Corey Seager home run. I forget what game that was, but I know he homered six. off Verlander. Okay, that was six. six. Yeah. Anyways, 
where I was going with. Anyway, I, we just want to see Otani bat against Kershaw, and that's going to happen. They're probably going to lead Otani off in the game. So that'll be cool. The most egregious snub obviously has to be Will Smith. Yeah. Although Austin Riley is pretty bad too, but yeah, Will Smith for the Dodgers. I mean, how do you put Travis Darnode over him when Will Smith is beating him in just about every statistical category? Was Darno a manager pick or no? I don't, I think they're players picks. Okay. That's, that's even weirder. Yeah. I think, I think all the reserves with a few legacy picks, they voted. It's like a manager and team vote combination. Okay. But yeah, anyways, I think Will Smith's been taking that personally because he's been absolutely on fire since his snub. And it also, because he wasn't on the all-star team, that's now going to rob the fans of seeing Will Smith participate in the home run derby because he said he wouldn't do it unless he was on the all-star team. So now the Dodgers have no representatives competing in the home run derby. Instead, they got two former Dodgers in Albert Pujols and Corey Seager who will take place in that uh, tournament. And then I think Schwarber, Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, and a couple Uh, other dudes. Yeah, I forget who. But I was surprised Stanton and Judge. Pete, Al- Pete Alonzo. Had- yeah, Pete Alonzo, obviously, yeah. yeah. Go for the three-peat. I was surprised now Stanton or Judge. Yeah, I thought Stanton was going to do it, but I don't know what happened. I know Judge isn't going to do it because he's trying to win a World Series. That's what he said, but more surprised Stanton wouldn't participate. Uh, any other takeaways from the All-Star festivities? This will be our last episode until that game happens well all the reason that all of these snubs are happening is because every team needs to be represented yeah so so you lose a lot of spots when you're having to add these guys that maybe otherwise wouldn't be all-stars if they were up against the other players from other teams also that's all how did garrett cooper make the team but not freddie freeman yeah. Was he there? Well, you have no, him and you have Sandy Alcantara and they have one other all-star too. I forget who it oh, was. Jazz, Chisholm. Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. So what, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I don't know. That's stupid. I mean, there's no way he, he leads Freeman in anything. I know. I think he, I don't know what they gave him a DH spot or something. Yeah. And it's, it's at Dodger stadium with Freeman's former manager as the manager. <laughs> I mean, what, the hell is is happening there i mean did he just not want to be in it because i could see that being a thing you know it's with his former manager being like i I don't want the whole attention around it but i mean there's no statistical argument for garrett cooper over freddie freeman there just isn't one yeah i don't know what's going on or austin riley like yeah that that one puzzled me after the Dodgers conclude this game with the Cardinals. They got two games left before the all-star break. They're going to Anaheim to face the angels for two, the 39 and 50 angels have just been a, what a dumpster fire. Jesus. (laughs) Great way to phrase it. Dylan Hernandez. (laughs) There's been like, there's like a funny stat. The angels are like 10 games below 500 or something since their brawl with the Mariners. Yeah. And the Mariners have taken off. And then uh, what was it? The Angels, they, maybe they caught up a little bit, but I think they were 16 games below 500 and 
earlier this season, they were 16 games above 500 and they're like the first team in a long time to pull off that feat. I saw My- something where, where they're, they're like five and zero oh in, in Shohei Otani starts, but like six and 43 in every other start or something crazy like that. Well, Tommy will not be pitching in this series as it's lined up right now. Clayton Kershaw in his 240 ERA will face Patrick Sandoval, who has been one of the few bright spots for this club. Lefty with a 295 ERA. And then Julio Urias looking to bounce back after his mediocre Chicago start facing Jose Suarez, who's gotten an ERA close to five. A couple question marks is Mike Trout is dealing with a back injury, so he might not play in this series. And there's nothing else really good to talk about the angels. Otani's got 19 home runs and then it's just a bunch of crap. Anthony Rendon's out for the season. Um, T- Taylor Ward who started off like a meteor has completely fizzled out. He's been a non-factor and we just saw the Dodgers play this angels team not too long ago, really had no issues. They kept everyone under control. I can't even think of a who's the first angel. baseman, not Brandon. It's not Brandon Marsh. It's uh Jared God, looks, Walsh. Jared Walsh. I get those two mixed up. Yeah. Uh, Jared Walsh was having a decent season last time I checked. Is he not anymore? He's having a fine season. Yeah. yeah. So I'm also just seeing now William Contreras of the Braves will be taking Bryce Harper's spot at DH. What the hell is going on here? I mean, this dude's hitting 260 with 11 home runs and 22 RBIs, and you're going to pick him over Austin Riley or Will Smith? I mean, we got both Braves catchers on the on the on the roster. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah, how do you? They, know, but like, I think but, they chose Contreras because he finished runner up to Harper in the vote. Oh, like, who cares? So bad, bro. They need so to take bad. away the fan vote. This this should not be a democracy anymore. It really shouldn't be because the fans are the fan just gives fans the ability to vote 9 million times. And it's like, okay, so you can just be there clicking all day long. It's just, it's dumb that you cannot trust the large population with the MLB all-star vote. You just can't do it. We might be able to wrap this show up right now. Um, Let them stick to picking the president. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, rumor has it Dodgers are pretty pretty bad at that too lately. (laughs) Rumor has it that the Dodgers are still heavily in on the Luis Castillo chase. And there are also reports that them and the Giants are the favorites to land Brandon Drury from the Reds as well. So I don't know where I stand on this Castillo trade. I still don't think it's going to happen, but it's certainly a dream. Why do I think Brandon Drury is going to put on a Dodger uniform and absolutely suck? Like, I don't know why I have that feeling about him. I know why you have that feeling. Brian Dozier. Yeah. That is why you have that feeling. It's yeah. Brian Dozier PTSD. I knew, I, I knew it was some trauma thing it's, going on. Yeah, it's not just Dozier though. It's Logan Forsythe. Yeah, although Josh, he was good in the World Series. You got to give Josh him that. Josh Reddick. Oh, what a disaster he was. <laughs> There's a few of them. I could keep going, but let's just let's just wrap the show up. Any so, final thoughts? Yeah. I just on the Castillo front, that'll be my final thought. I still don't think that you need this guy. I think he's going to be an extremely hefty price. You're gonna to have to pay for him. Not uh, worth I, it. I, I, I don't think you need him. Uh, I think you can get someone else or rock with the guys you have. Yes. You are kind of 
spinning the chamber a little bit with injuries. Cause if you have one of these guys go down with an injury, you might be in trouble. Or if you have Tony Gonsolin kind of come back down to reality, you might be in trouble. If you have Tyler Anderson come back down to reality, you might be in trouble. So I get it. Uh, but if the price is too high, I'm out on that. I'm, I'm all the way out. Yeah, that feels, feels like a, a Padres move that they would just break the bank for Luis Castillo and then he would not do well for them or get hurt. Um, I think they do need someone, maybe not Luis Castillo level tier, but maybe someone more mid-level tier mm-hmm. for the exact reason of what you just said, which has been my concern this whole time is that this starting rotation is an injury or a flame out away from being a disaster. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Walker Bueller. Is he going to come back? And if he comes back, is he going to be effective? Cause he was pretty terrible before the injury. So, you know, that's, that's my feeling is that they, they, the, the main thing is they got to address the bullpen, which we know um, yeah. yep. they got to get at least one or two arms for the bullpen because they're dropping like flies and they're overworked like hell. Um, and then maybe a bat. I don't know. I mean, I know Kevin wanted to talk about that, possibly getting a bat. What, what, it, what, who would you go after Kevin? If it's not Brandon Drury, who I really just would not want. Well, I've been saying his name for weeks, but Ian Happ makes the most sense. Oh, that's right. Ian Happ and Robertson. That's my pair. Um, I would also love Andrew Benintendi from the Royals who can't play in Toronto, but regardless, he'd be a great corner outfielder. Won't cost a lot either. I still don't agree with the logic though of getting just an okay arm. Why do we want that? Not an okay arm, but just not an arm that's going, you're going to have to shell out your best pitching prospects for. Yeah. Like Martin Perez. I would gladly take Martin Perez. He's having a decent season this year. He's an all-star. There you He's go. All, so I, I know, but I think the problem is that the starting pitching market is going to be steep no matter what. So why not just go all the way up? Let the Yankees pay for Luis Castillo. If the Dodgers are going to acquire an arm, it's got to be someone with the caliber of Luis Castillo. Obviously, you you have to pull out if the, the price is too steep. Like, I don't want to trade Ryan Pepio, but if it's going to cost Andy Paget and Landon Knack, then you do it. Because the difference is... We saw it in 2015, the Dodgers went for guys like Matt Latos, and that was horrendous. Yes, you Darvish and Max Scherzer ultimately didn't work out at the end of the day, but they were aces, and they helped get the Dodgers pretty far into the postseason. And and I don't want just some guy, because to be honest, the Dodgers' starting pitching depth is as good as it's been in quite some time. I don't want to do another Matt Latos. That was awful to watch. I don't want another Brandon McCarthy coming out of the bullpen come playoffs or another Scott Casimir. There are plenty of just okay arms out there. If the Dodgers are going to trade for a starting pitcher, then it needs to be a front-of-the-line type of starter, an impact ace to an extent like Luis Castillo, because that is the game-changer come postseason. Castillo has the ability to pitch deep into ball games. He's beating good teams like the Yankees in his most recent outing. He basically held them to a run over seven innings, and... The Dodgers have plenty of arms that they can get by through the regular season. But I'm thinking big picture here. They need to have the strongest rotation possible when they're entering the postseason and through the World Series pennant chase. 
with that being said, we are going to wrap the show up. We did get an update. The Dodgers did defeat the St. Louis Cardinals today for nothing. Your Los Angeles Dodgers now improved to 58 and 30, nine and a half games ahead of the San Diego Padres for the National League West crown. This division is looking a little out of reach for the, the opposing teams, I must say. But Tyler Anderson was phenomenal today through six shutout innings, picked up his 10th victory. You could argue he's an all-star snub. Gavin Lux hit his fourth home run, a big two-run bomb. So Gavin Lux continues that hot streak. And Evan Phillips, Craig Krimble, shut it down. Dodgers bullpen, great as always. And so your Dodgers continue to win series after series. They got the Angels coming up. And then it's the All-Star break. And then they got a big series coming up with the San Francisco Giants. But we'll talk about that during the next episode. So thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating, too, while you're at it. Leave some comments. Everyone, have a great week ahead. Go Dodgers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.